today on the show, Radical Ones, it's episode 100 with the start of Sword and Sorcery Summer 1985's Legend. And I am joined by both David and Rob for this special milestone. It's time to get radical. Hello there. It's showtime. What is this, trick or treat? Did I do that? Good morning, Charlie. Honey, get down! Yeah. And look, I won't go far, okay? If the apocalypse comes, beat me. My name is Grace Jones. Thunder! 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 Welcome, Radical Ones! Welcome back, Radical Ones! Welcome back, Radical Ones! Welcome, Radical Ones! Greetings, Radical Ones! Welcome, Radical Ones! Radical Ones! Welcome, Radical Ones! Welcome, Creatures of the Night! Or Radical Ones! Welcome, Radical Ones! Hey, Radical Ones! Hey, Radical Ones! Welcome back, Radical Ones! Welcome back, Radical Ones! Welcome back, Radical Ones! Welcome back, Radical Ones! Hey, Radical Ones! Welcome back, Radical Ones! Welcome back, Radical Ones! Welcome back, Radical Ones, to the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast. As always, I am your host, Radical Ryan Hunter, and today I am joined by both of my beautiful co-hosts for our 100th episode of the podcast. We have everyone's favorite brother, David, and Rob, the movie geek himself, here today. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. Hi, everyone. Happy 100th. We should say that this is the 100th movie review episode. True. You've done so many Thundercats. We've hit 100 a long time ago. We've been recording everything. But yeah, our 100th full movie review episode is is here. So I'm excited. With Thundercats, we're probably like 146, 150. But September 22nd of 20. 22 it began with rob and terrible audio from ryan where i sounded like i was underwater being electrocuted here we are though a hundred episodes later what happened (laughs) why are we here and that's the thing though like even with terrible audio he posted it show must go on i will be heard is what he said and we didn't quit. That's so, I mean, we easily could have just wrapped this up. We don't sound good like everybody else. We're done. But we kept going. So, yes, love it. Oh, that's such beautifully said. That's a, You know, it's funny because in preparation for this episode, I went back to try to collect little voice samples to do like a montage. Can I tell you those early episodes are giving me so much cringe just because of the audio quality? Like what we're saying is fine. God, if we could remember 
remaster things like George Lucas and just like remaster the first 10 episodes somehow. We have AI now, so I mean, I'm sure oh my it's God. possible. We were just talking about that. <laughs> yeah. We could have anyone redo these episodes then. Like but I told Ryan that it, it would not work because people would know it's not him because the AI would pronounce things properly and correctly. Oh, and it yes, sound, they would. It wouldn't sound like him. <laughs> have you guys tried that at all yet? Have you dabbled at all in AI? How do you do it? I want to make songs. I want Shannon Doherty to sing. Well, just even the animated like photos of yourself, like how it all started. You guys have never tried any of that yet? I never. No. I mean, I tried like. Here's me. I think it could destroy <laughs> people's lives. <laughs> you take one person that you hate and make them say something god awful that everyone will turn to, and they'll believe it because they want to. Oh, these diss tracks out here with like Britney singing Christina songs and Mariah singing yes! like they are out for blood with AI. They, like mm -hmm. they should. This is blasphemy. They should not be doing <laughs> these combos. They are so rude. No. And now, isn't this such a product of the time? Because like you're saying, anyone can make a song. You could say, this is Britney Spears, but... They're probably oh, doing no. it now. They probably killed her already, and they're just going to... Yeah. Anything they put out from now on is going to be AI. Well, yeah, that is a, another conversation because yeah. I, I have so many other things I could say and that I've been witnessing how people are... They're tying it to parenting. Like, it's gone to that point of like, yeah, Ryan has a face. Uh, real quick, so this parent was on and he was talking about how somebody can use my voice and tell my kid to meet me out front. Oh my god god and be like i am gonna meet you here come in who are, what are they gonna do they could just be like no dad i need a code or something like that well i had codes when i was a kid if you want to talk retro i had codes when i was a kid yeah would like say you would have to say a certain word if i was told that you were supposed to pick me up like what is the word so what did my parents hard. give you and it was the most ridiculous, dumb, weird word that I've ever used, but it was a word and I never had to use it because I don't put myself in those situations. But like we had a code. That's how that's that. how we separated, you know, because even family can be evil. So I'm just like, we had code. But that's the thing. It's like these voice modules, like they can use them for anything like people will think of ways to cause chaos so it, it comes down to this not just the entertainment industry like everything is is up there so well thank god know. my children don't listen to me anyway so <laughs> what i have to go outside it's hot outside i'm not gonna do that <laughs> Hi Radical Ones, Cadu Luongo here. I can't believe we are celebrating 100 episodes. Congratulations Ryan, the show is an extension of you. Colorful, bright and very entertaining. Well, I'm also here to share my favorite moments. Having a message from Lindsay Price was such a special surprise. I love our Lipstick Jungle episode so much and Lindsay made it extra special. And another crazy moment was the reception of our Charlie's Angels episode especially on YouTube. I'm still trying to understand those numbers. Well, thank you again for having me on the show. In fact, I have my sword ready because I'm coming back this summer. See you soon. Bye-bye. In preparation for the 100th, we reached out to the Radical Ones on Instagram. Again, if you're not following us on Instagram, you're missing out on so much. I am always on that thing. I don't even have a personal Instagram anymore. It's there. I don't associate with it because I am trying to make Radical such a thing. I tried to tag you on Twitter and he was not having it. He was like, he doesn't get tagged in photos on Twitter. 
go somewhere else mm. with that yeah your personal thing is gone we actually got a bunch of comments and these are listeners and people that have definitely popped up on our journey over the years on instagram so i am so happy to actually hear from these people on the hundredth it reminds me that you're there you're there for us this is anytime <laughs> artwork 82 they are a great account on instagram for art always supporting us always just boosting us up and the he just gave us claps and accolades with emojis so thank you so much words of the witches podcast says congrats how exciting all the memories of the good old days and let's talk shop in the next hundred hi kevin (laughs) alucard 225 hello alucard he says congrats my friend here's to a thousand more Thank you so much for that. Awesome. New Lines Austin and Dougie says, hope you can talk about the Austin Powers and Dr. Evil trilogy soon. Yeah, very baby. 90s. It's borderline, but you guys have hit movies that that surpassed Goldmember. So I think the Austin Powers series is definitely something we can oh, do. Oh, I mean... So. And that actually, maybe we could do it as a three, like a three weeks in a row kind of thing, like one episode, two episodes. I three episodes. And then we get It's a Mario says, Happy 100th episodes. What a milestone. That was our comments. Of course, thank you so much thank for you them. So much. Thank you. The questions begin. Dun, 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 dun. Let's see. So we got one from longtime friend and radical one, Kadu, that was also similar to Blue Rose Lucia. Lucia is also always supporting us. Thank you so much, Lucia. She actually asked, what are your top favorite three episodes you've recorded so far? Also, happy 100th episode. But Kadu asked, top five. So between the two of you gentlemen, if you like, you know, how many you could think of off the top of your head or whatever, if you there's ones that you really enjoy. You first me first okay okay so i, I do have five um i i'm they're, they're not in any order i will say because i've brought this up before double double was seriously and i still to this day if i pick an episode to re-listen to it is double double toil that recap was so much fun and it's still to me one of the top nostalgic yes. projects that I've rewatched and covered on this show. It just gives me the best memories ever. And you and I, I feel, were really good on that. And it was early on, too. It was so early. It was our third episode. And I had so much fun recapping that movie and just rewatching it. We had a great time. With that being said, real quick, Mannequin on the Move was so much fun. Yes, that that was so much fun. Our on-screen crush episode, I thought, was a treat. Yes, that no one ever talks about. I don't know if anyone's ever listened. I remember, Ryan. I remember. (laughs) Good, good. Me too. (laughs) That that is a very fun one. And these other two round up, just sort of me being able to analyze and just see it with adult lenses and just giving heavy perspective on movies that really probably doesn't need that much attention. But Blank Man and Uncle Buck, I feel for me hit a very high high milestone of just like just self-awareness and just a way to just see a movie beyond its comedic style like there was so much deep-rooted stuff in there that for me helped me as a kid 
even though I never saw Uncle Buck until now, but just watching John Candy do his thing and the fact that he's not here, like, I appreciate that man so much more after seeing this movie. So those two, amazing. And the wild card, the heavy, heavy wild card, I'll throw this out because it just popped in my head, is The Crush. On my, I was waiting for you to say that that was actually on my list, Crush. And Crush <laughs> is only because Ryan and I watched the movie together before reviewing it. I wish we would do more of those, but that is a great highlight I had on this show. So those are my episodes. <laughs> And we went directly from the viewing to recording, and that is why, actually, it is on my list as well, The Crush. And not only that, we laughed so hard, just even that stunt double Mm -hmm. Alicia Silverstone clip at the end where it's a man, David, in a wig. (laughs) And you could tell, you could tell as soon as you did it. So, yes, I have to echo Crush. But, David? Okay. When we had our trio, Nothing But Trouble. Oh, yes. Nothing But Trouble was fun. I was so happy to know that Rob I knew, I knew you liked it, Ryan, but Rob really liked the movie too. And it was, you know, it was just a lot of fun. It brought back a lot of memories. And that's also a John Candy movie. Mm-hmm. Which I yes, do have a lot is. of admiration and love for him. So that definitely is like on top of the list. Gem, because it was our first one. Gem is my favorite of the two of you. It's that's the one I want to remaster. I want to remaster those early ones. I wrote I wrote you an Apple review based on that episode. Like yes, I, I told people, please listen to their gem. It was so informative. I just, like, you guys did so good on that episode. So oh, thank you. I'm glad it's one of your favorites. Yeah, it was something for me. It was like something new and exciting. And I, you know, really tried to pour that love for it into it. Bodyguard, I just like the fact that I love me with me rest in peace and i just thought it was just because siskel and ebert didn't like it and you know (laughs) you know my thing against those two god rest their souls (laughs) i liked our claymation rudolph because that brought back memories but it also brought back mean santa claus Yeah, he was an and was a nasty oh god, man. there's so many. Those are what I can think of. I liked Beautician and the Beast because it was the extension of the nanny, and I just liked the funniness of it. Like I'd have to say, like nothing but trouble and gem are like on the top top for me. Great choices, love that. So I love all these choices. I love all the memories. Crush, like I said, was one of those. The Star Wars Holiday Special, it was our 50th episode. I don't know. That whole movie still is just flabbergasts me. And I just th- the stuff that happened in it and just the way we... What was ha- I just... The Star Wars episode. Josie and the Pussycats, which is really recent for us. Wow. The flow on that episode was just real. And it it was really nostalgic. I Particularly, I think, Rob and I with that time period of the yeah. late 90s, early 2000s kind of period. Mm-hmm. And he was saying he was really impressed with it he really liked it he really liked doing it with you and he was actually surprised at the movie oh yeah, yeah. Film me. So, nice. he was, I guess he was judging it by that the, the you know the cartoon from way back no I mean no I was I, I had a completely different idea of that movie in my head and I mean we get into it like I didn't think it was as risque <laughs> Dawn of the Dead just because 78 just because it is my favorite movie Captain Planet was great recently oh really Kadu, because just having the the writer like who did the series Bible actually do a message for us just flabbergasted me and like wow like and that's one of those things that make me think like well maybe we are making uh something here you know yeah of course Kadu, thank you for reaching out to this man and then honestly greece too just because i it was supposed to be greasing 
Well, the clothed hair. Yes, I called Michael. <laughs> what, what is that? Oh, my God. I can't even think of his name. And he liked Caulfield. that video clip. Crawfield, thank you. And he liked the queefed, quaffed <laughs> clip, too, on Instagram. <laughs> I was mortified. So those movies. And I just have to say, we can't go by without saying Feruza Bulk. Can you imagine if I wish I had the time and effort to collect all of his mess ups? Like, I'm still thinking about the Hannibal Lecter chair. Oh, and Mannequin! That was another, like, you said that was another great one. The oh, Mannequin. Like, just always messing me up on, like, not knowing words. Gurneys. Yes, yes. I Sometimes, I mean, oh. listen, we all make mistakes, but sometimes him <laughs> and then I start saying the words wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? You know what? <laughs> we can gang up on you now. See, this is the co-host gang up. Yeah. <laughs> the Feruza bulk, bulk thing. I feel like it was such an early thing. And then, I, I don't know, I guess it was heading somewhere. But if any radical ones remember that, that was like our first running joke because I couldn't say anything. So <laughs> that was that. Just really quickly, our next question is from Kadu again. He says, your favorite slasher from the 90s besides Scream? I'm just going to say really quickly, it's I know what you did last time. I knew you were going to say that. And, <laughs> no, and here's the thing. If that is your favorite, that is your favorite. You should definitely you know say you know be honest what i got from kaudu with this question is that he didn't want us to pick the obvious right a it, scream right which yes, i think yeah. that if it's not scream it's i know what you did last summer and and i look those are two great movies even if he had not said scream that is not my favorite Ooh. i was actually very surprised with how many of my favorites were in the 90s this is why it's my favorite decade ever this is actually really hard to choose because urban legend you're gonna like i right? know right oh my god <laughs> so here's the thing my favorite oh, scary movie of all time Candyman. that's 92 so that's I, that yeah. yeah no and david you and i both know Candyman is legit like that but here's the thing i don't watch that movie as much as some of these other choices that i have and i that's why it's so hard for me to say because favorite does not mean best Candyman is no. the best but my favorite like the ones that i just keep watching Wes craven's new nightmare um Ooh. halloween h2o and brain scan i freaking wow. love all three of these movies so much and i've watched them at least twice in the last year and like i love them but Candyman favorite there you go i'll leave that you know you just made me think of it's true freddie and jason are yeah. considered slashers and michael myers are is a slasher too yeah wow. but i you know i didn't want to go with the obvious but again these are the ones that i go to i i love them but Candyman is just amazing i love that because it's so broad again it's it shows the broad spectrum here david do you have well, i love every i actually agree with everything rob said and I, actually i was thinking Candyman. Mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not the obvious choice but there's more it's a slasher but there's a lot more about that movie than just gratuitous slashing there's a there's meaning behind it so for me that's that's why i like it so much so yeah 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 and then our last two questions come from Jim's Retro Emporium, our UK friend, who, by the way, is starting a YouTube channel. So I hope that goes so well for you, Jim. You're always supporting us. So thank you so much. Thank you. I actually promised him, I would say, in my thick accent, chocolate sauce. <laughs> <laughs> so that's for coffee? you. Can you say coffee? Coffee. Coffee, water, water chocolate, and sauce sauce <laughs> jim asked 
if you could have any celeb guest appear on the show, who would you choose? That was his first question, which I absolutely love. And then the second was what made us start the podcast in the first place. So celeb guest. I don't know. Honestly, I can't. I, I mean, there's so many people. There's so many. I really honestly, I'm, I'm going blank on this because there's You're like, I will take anybody. Well, the thing is, is that there's so many people. There's so many different aspects. I mean, there's writers for shows that I would love to just pick their brain, but they're not, you know, in the forefront. Nobody even knows who, who they look like. And there's people that are stars that are, you know, so it's really hard to stars say. Stars like, in only our eyes. You well, mean? no, like when we had Patricia Tallman on, that was a great experience. I thought she was. Oh, lovely. wonderful. I she was very gracious to come on the show so i mean and there was there was meaning behind her her some of the characters and the stuff that she does with penny lane so i uh i, I really can't i don't know honestly i would probably you're open you're I'll open marilyn monroe okay okay no, i'm only kidding i have no idea We'll get her. We'll get her right on it. We'll on. Rob, Rob. Honestly, it, this this is a very hard question. I'm going to offend so many people because I did not pick them. <laughs> I, I, and, of, and of course, I can't just like answer just the question, right? Like I have to have like a thing. I'm going to make this quick. So for the theme of our podcast and keeping it retro, the first person that I thought of was Reginald Vell Johnson because I, it would just be a dream to dive into the show that made me who I am. Honestly, like Family Matters is everything to me. And that's beautiful. To be able to interview the the biggest dad ever Aww. in that decade like I would love to meet him. But what I did write down as far as just the general question I want to interview the director of Clue, which is Jonathan Lynn. Oh, your favorite or, movie, yeah. Or, you know, Leslie Ann Warren, Miss Scarlet. Like, one of those two would be an absolute dream. I also said Viola Davis because I would just learn so much from her. But ultimately, this is my top, top, top choice. And it's so unconventional, but it's Andrew Garfield. Okay. Oh, wow. Well, do I blame you for that? <laughs> there. Well, I mean, for obvious reasons, but the man is just—he just vibrates energy, joy, and happiness, and he is never really presented with a question that makes him flustered, or he is just so happy with anything that's thrown at him. Have you? If you see him on the red carpet when he interviews everyone, he's flirtatious. He'll kiss. He's them. just playful. <laughs> Even when he's answering thirst tweets, he is just loving every minute of it. I think he would be so much fun to interview. And again, he's just a hottie. So I was gonna like, say, and you'll take him out the drinks afterwards. Oh my god, that man is just Jesus. Like I noticed I didn't pick any of the biggest people because I can't meet them. I just can't. I can't. I don't want to be my heroes at all. Yeah, honestly, that's the thing, because that you could ruin a lot of memories. But yeah. When you mentioned everyone's favorite TV father, a matter of fact, he He's still doing those commercials now. Yeah. I am mm -hmm. so thrilled that they chose that man to represent fatherhood and, and you know, TV. And well, he, he had a, a regular role in Tuner and Hooch, which I thought was great, too. Got canceled, of course. Everything. I know. So sad. I would say Larry Kenny, who voiced lion on Thundercats, because I think that would be great for just, I mean, not only the Thundercats side of things, but just, like, 80s in general. A Power Ranger. Any Power Ranger, a Mighty Morphin. Oh, you, know. you almost, you you could have been, I could have been with that Power Ranger. You could have been, you could have spoken <laughs> with him. You know that story, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember. I could have had David Yost as a brother-in-law. 
<laughs> then you want to say David, 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 David. We got annoying after a while. <laughs> a member of S Club 7. Mm. Someone from Buffy, possibly. I'm not going high. Anyone but Michelle Trachtenberg. <laughs> I have reasons, Michelle, you know. We have received. You know. Any cast member from Dawn of the Dead, Ken Foray, especially any of them. And 1978, although like Rob said, when you meet your heroes, I kind of hear that Gaylene Ross, who played Fran in that movie, is a little full of mm. herself, possibly. So... Ken Foray, Ken Foray will go with. And Rob, Shannon Doherty. Oh, yeah. No, Shannon would be amazing to speak with. Just at her mind. I just want to know what goes on in there. Yeah. I got some she, questions. She would be delighted. <laughs> I yeah, got questions. Um, of course, that would tie into Charmed as well. So we're And what got me to start this podcast, I've said this, it was Rob's Brunch with the Hollowells podcast that is now wrapping up. Again, because we came back and now we we finished off Charmed, the comics. Rob's passion for Charmed, the opinion of two gay men. Uh, one at the time, it happened to be at the time with someone who didn't see the show to begin with. So that was a fantastic concept. And then just listening and listening and listening. And then I was able to be a part of one of the episodes early on before I joined in season five. So just really, it's truly, it's brunch with the Hollowells, the show, and I got to be a part of it afterwards so that's it that's how it started and of course like i always did love pop culture and you know these retro topics and these are the conversations i was having at home with myself or david and even rob like we used to talk behind the scenes and like in messages before starting this like of different 90s things so i got lucky <laughs> that's the thing too it's like I would hear Ryan talk about David all the time. And so when you mentioned, David, that you were actually going to make time for this show, I'm like, this is the best idea ever to have the two of you really just share the joy in what you both love. So I, I was like, I'm so glad he agreed to do this, even though he's a family man. Like, so thank, I'm so happy that you are part of this because the way Ryan talks about you, it just made sense that the two of you would be doing this project together. Oh, thank you so much. Oh my that God. Is so sweet. You're going to make me get teary. <laughs> my god so thank you radical ones thank you listeners thank you for anyone who's just joined us who said there's a podcast early on i just want to say thank you to Jeanette, who was our first really ever listener to anything she started like episode three and then has still she was the only one who bought a t-shirt from us thank you Jeanette. i know you have that t-shirt you're gonna send us a picture so thank you so much thank you to everyone cadu who's contributed to having people like Lindsay price come on and the Captain Planet writer. My God, so many people who have just made this. And of course, my co-hosts. So here we go. Episode 100. What brings us here truly is legend from 1985. Yes, kicking off the summer sorcery. So real quickly, I just remind people how you came to this particular theme. So far, it's been horror. We decided to go a different <laughs> direction. What was it about this particular genre that was like we got to do this for the summer so this is another person we have to bring up on our thundercats episodes david and i because of the thundercats theme of the swords and the sorcery kind of thing it's so many like mythical things happening over the time of the episodes we'd be like wouldn't this be fun to do these mythical movies wouldn't it be fun to do this there's unicorns in this and then we kept bringing it up oh sword and sorcery sword and so and leah are wonderful wonderful we call them bunglers over there on thundercats 
our bungler, Leah. She was so excited about this being a huge fan. She loves Xena. She loves sword and sorcery. And being really one of our vocalist members, and sometimes only voice, we brought you your sword and sorcery summer. So, Radical Ones, if you want something, if it's on our brand, if we're able to do it, we listen. Come, come play with us. Talk to us. Tell us what you want to see. I just wanted to see men in loincloths. <laughs> and that is what we got in this movie. As even like a five or six year old, I was like, didn't know why I liked him so much, but I did. <laughs> he was giving <laughs> thighs and just thighs. wadding the whole movie. I mean, you're already sh- a short guy. Like, you don't need to be squatting anymore. But it did me a service, so I was living for all of this. And I still remember Grace Jones and Conan. That was some fierce shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, Grace Jones in general, she is just like a force of nature. But I remember that. So that was some crazy stuff. She was very, she was hardcore. Well, we're going to show strong men, but we're also showing strong women during this summer. 1985 movie, which is about a young man who must stop the Lord of Darkness from destroying daylight and marrying the woman he loves. This is the Princess Lily. Rob, David, I'm going to let you talk, but I just need to get this out. I cannot stand this woman <laughs> wait, wait 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 is it the woman wait wait, wait. is it the woman or the character beast the, oh, you're right you should i said the character of lily we get it girl you sing you sing okay the unicorn did not want to hear you singing in the pumps and the hollows the sunlight and shadow Was she Martika? (laughs) (laughs) Toys, toys, no, no, really. She thought that she was something. That's all I got through this whole movie. This singing every minute. No. Uh, Okay. Uh, (laughs) That was my strong opinion of this legend movie. I love where this is. Okay, so we're going to start here. I'm David, I don't know where you you stand on this. I am going to second Ryan on this. Yes. Yes. Lily was horrible. And from an adult's perspective, she was a she was just a terror i i think she is gorgeous she is a beautiful woman i love her spunk she clearly has a zest for life cooped up in that castle she just wants to branch out date the jungle boy and and live life right i get it but this woman just reminds me of those like oh i want you to steal this for me to show you my love i want you to Mm you know defeat hmm. the biggest man in the room to show that you care about me i like it's these old i mean i mean obviously this is 85 right but it's just today i just can't with with people like that who goes to this way like oh you're just gonna do everything i ask and expect the boy to jump but here's the thing he jumped he called the bluff and she immediately regretted it and it's just like why are you playing games stop see how brilliant i am Let me dazzle you with my wisdom. It's much more than wisdom that dazzles me, Lily. Jack, teach me rabbit. 
Not today. Why not? Because... There's something really special that I've been promising to show you. Jack, do you mean it? Only if it pleases you, Lily. Oh, it pleases me more than anything. Always go now. Because I'll only be here for a short while. Don't you trust me? I trust you, Lily. And then she was like, do you trust me? And I was like, Jack, no. come on now. You have responsibilities. And you ain't got time to be showcasing for some girl who can't understand rules. I yes. he, he, was, he was like, look, <laughs> I got to blindfold you because I can't give you the location. I like, I like you, but you, you, you can't know where these unicorns are. And then she's like, do you trust me? And he's like, okay, no. I'm, I'm going to trust you. What does she do? He said, don't touch them. And she went ahead and did it anyway. Why? Because I'm the princess. I'll do whatever the hell I want. These are sacred animals. I don't care. You risk your immortal soul talking like that. I only wanted to touch one. Where's the humming bat? It was magic. Thank you. Let me sing to you. I'll chase your fears away. I cannot. This was all her. And I love it because Darkness was like relishing the fact that your sin is what caused all of this. I didn't even ask for this. You did this on your own. I want you to really live this moment. You have evil in you just like I say evil has. Like he was calling her out and all she could do is sit there and take it. And I love it. What did I write? I said... <laughs> This is why I love the fact that it also like circled back towards the end because Jack had to make a very crucial moment to trust her not to kill the unicorn oh, kill her. Kill and her. take the shot. Yeah, Gump was like, kill the bitch. Like we I was with Gump. <laughs> but I like I totally get it and I love that they revisited that because I think that Lily did lose some of the trust from Jack and it gave the audience a reason like should he, shouldn't he? Because she wasn't really the yes. best character to represent herself. The birth of a new world awaits your stroke. Let my offering be made of flesh and blood. She means to do it, Jack. She's one of them. I am sister to the fates. Kill her. Forget her. Think about the unicorn. <laughs> No. I trust you, Lily. I'll always trust you. Run! Run! You're free! But, you know, <laughs> David's like, oh my god. I have a few this things. 
<laughs> this poor woman. This poor well, no, woman. no, 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 no. Because I did say there's something to be said about Jack and water because we know that happened on the Titanic too. <laughs> yes. Oh, and I said, yeah. Why is she, yeah. And I said, why is she so innocent? She spread Eagle on the ground with Jack on top of her. <laughs> was she singing too i mean she goes to the woman's i know she's like friendly with this villager woman she knocks down her clothing she's stealing food i oh, that was I ridiculous said that too, and i was like, like <laughs> sort of like the nymphs in charms when they just like do it la, 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 whatever I, <laughs> she did say mine. that you know she did say like you're like a daughter to me and so i'm like you're cool with these people but still at the same time like why are you taking stuff but also she acts so aloof i just the whole personality I'm sorry. I know she's supposed to be this. She's beautiful, yes, physically. And I don't. Okay. I didn't. Sure, like I don't feel that she was wholesome. I feel like Jack was very naive and sweet, and he lived his magical forest life. Yeah. And I think that she almost. I don't want to say she looked down at him a little bit, but she like knew that he's going to do whatever. I'm going to have him on a string. This little jungle boy. I mean, I. That's what I <laughs> like. That's what I put down. Like for him, I put Jack is like Tarzan and Peter Pan mixed together. Yes, Tarzan esque. <laughs> yes. And and I'm. I'm glad you did say that because I like I don't want this to turn into a woman hating you know no, episode or whatever. Not. Like it's it's not just about the woman, right? And we're gay, so like there are plenty of men who act this way. And yes, it it is a two way street. Jack definitely is you know a, a part of like what went down in this movie. And yeah, him really not understanding like the. <laughs> but I mean that's the thing. It's it's a big chivalry thing back in the day. You know with fantasy, like the men just goes above and beyond for the woman. That yeah. They love and I totally get that concept, but it is just it, it just kept adding up. It wasn't just one incident; it just kept <laughs> going, and so that kind of just stood out to me. Did, but did her touching the unicorn? I mean, Antichrist, dude, because I'm calling him Antichrist, and I think he is as opposed to Satan because he talks to his father, which I think is Satan. Do you think that her touching the unicorn really those those that the orc I'm, I'm calling an orc because it's like an, it's like Lord of the Rings that these these creatures are like orcs but they're demons yeah. I guess yeah, yeah. The the unicorn already so what did she do she did she because she like stopped it from running away or something did she really I, inadvertently I, do anything it's it's a it's a very fair question I I totally get that what I caught from that scene was okay Jack you brought her to the location the orcs were following you the goblins or whatever they so you you kind of led them there and i think the goblins were following her not jack right oh because she was a pure innocent one that was going to lure them in exactly so and then i also was a little confused with i don't know if the goblins can see the unicorns until she got said close i thought that they were invisible until she got closer but at the end of the day what i thought was going on was the fact that because she went to go touch the unicorn, it wasn't necessarily the touch. It was the fact that the unicorn was steady enough for a straight shot at the unicorn. I think if they were still running around, you know, gallivanting or whatever, I don't know. I I don't want to put all the blame on her. It's just the steady fast of just leading the goblins to them just kind of catapulted it. I just, for some reason, I feel she had just stayed far they wouldn't ha- they would either notice them or I-, I don't know so that part's a little weird to me too on how all of that was executed to begin with i took it as 
the unicorn also tested her because when the unicorn was doing that thing galloping around her and she was just kind of staying there, I think the unicorn was testing her, maybe her bravery or something. And then he kind of found her worthy enough per se to stay. And that was what it was. It, it distracted long enough for them to shoot this dart, this poison dart. But again, she chose to sing to this unicorn because that was what's going to lure this unicorn, not Jack bringing them to the spring that they play around in. And by the way, he says that unicorns only know love and laughter, which I thought was so beautiful. It's like ties back to the last unicorn, of course, that we did on the show. Just to really quickly touch on the ambiance, as I like to say on the show, and the visuals, right? Like Ridley Scott, I have to say, did a beautiful movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, who I'm going to give it to uh, Rob Bodden. He is our, you know, uh, makeup designer. Like he did, he did all the makeup for all these creatures. Like amazing work so the good. tim curry is like i not only is it iconic but the work of that makeup had to have been i mean yeah i think i read he was like five and a half hours in the chair and in each each day he had to put that on and like but yeah the makeup in this is is spectacular so that to me is like indicative of that era jim henson everything mm-hmm. was done with puppets everything was nothing was cgi and you really had to really have to go do for it. it i do have one thing about the movie that also irked me not really irked yeah. me but like was this film during like the height of the santa Ana winds why is it so damn windy the whole damn time <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> it, it was blo- and pollen was blowing right continue i mean it was just wind after wind after wind i thought the trees were alive like hugging them because they were just so active and <laughs> just oh moving God. all the time. But then when the unicorns was there, everything was so steady. Still. He's like, still. Do you have any flown haze? I'm starting to get my allergies are starting to act <laughs> Well, I, honestly, I didn't blame. There were so many flowers and lil like he brought her to lilies. She didn't want the lilies. She wanted the unicorn. The cherry blossoms, though. I'm sorry. Beautiful. That was a moment. That was such a moment. Anytime that unicorn was in frame with those cherry blossoms was so good. I love that. Yeah, all of that. But yes, there was a lot of strong wind. The weather was was some some stuff in this. It like the winter. But was that the, the? I thought that was like the impending doom that was coming. Like the weather was changing from the. Mm-hmm. the the unicorn was going to get taken and i have a really big one for you guys i got out of this whole movie this is the story of adam and eve oh what did i write yes yeah and the temptation of the unicorn is like exactly eve eating the apple and then you have the devil i wrote the same thing and i was also like what kind of rule allows mortals to see unicorns that they can't touch Exactly. Why would you make exactly. a rule like that? Oh, the innocents can see them, but the, we definitely don't want them touching them. Like, no. <laughs> and they got thrown out of the Garden of Eden because the weather changed and like that very homosexual gum fairy thing was like, Oh, your immortal soul is gone, girl. You touched it. I did take Lily to see the unicorn. You did what? <laughs> Silence! Oh God, Gump, she touched him. Touched it! A mortal laid hands on a unicorn! Yeah! Squawk, squawk, no more talk! Gump, spoiler, besides Lily being the most annoying, I thought Gump was the movie for me. 
Gump is this a nymph of some kind? Yeah, he's he a looks, nymph. Yeah, he looks I like said, a child. He spent the whole movie having, I said, Gump hissing, having a bitch fight, scratching at everything. The, the, <laughs> you willful sprite. How dare you keep such secrets? They're mine to keep. He was dramatic. Uh, Una, Una and those unnamed creatures that jumped out, he's like, Help! Help! Get away! <laughs> I thought it was actually genius to give a creature like this this youthful appearance, right? But give it this voice of, and it was a woman. I looked at at the bar that got too drunk and got into a cat fight. That's all I got from him. Oh, when he did the whole meltdown, I have to say that was like the fire when he's like, you got my riddle. Like that was something. What is a bell that does not ring? Yet its knell makes the angels sing. I know Answer me this, and all will be forgiven. Flowers? To hear them ringing means your life is at an end. No! I have to say, I kind of thought he looked like Frankie Munez a little. And especially in that scene when I didn't know what the hell happened at first. It turned out that he was giving them wine, but he kind of like puts his fingers up. It almost looked like bugles, you know, the little bugle things that you put on your fingers, those those crackers. But I was like, I don't want to drink. Pretend to have fingernails. Mm -hmm. But he was getting his nails bit, I'm telling you. I didn't want to drink off his fingers. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, I wouldn't want to drink off his fingers either. These little tiny, he pulls up these little tiny wine gloves. Riddle without an answer is like an empty cup when you're thirsty for wine. Well spoken. And if it's wine you want, it's wine we shall have. Brown Tom! A small measure of entertainment at best. What cup? It's the last bottle of my best wine. Uh Oh, and if you say so, sir. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc 
yeah gump was yeah he he was definitely a character um you you mentioned that uh he was voiced by a woman so his original voice was is german he has a german accent and i guess wow i guess because he sounded too german they wanted to dub his voice instead and the person who voiced it is also the same person who played blix our um our lead goblin that we see in the beginning of the movie her name is Alice Playton. Uh, she's uncredited for the voice, but I did read about the what fact that, yeah, um, David Bennett's voice apparently just sounded too German for them. Blix, though, the makeup again, so good. But why was Blix giving me Winifred Sanderson so much in this? I could see that. <laughs> I could totally see that, yeah. It's the laugh, it's the abuse as the leader. <laughs> to like our you know the two minions that that she had it's it's you know it's it blick says it's a female mare oh my god she was a hater on women that's what it was he was like oh there's another unicorn out there oh but it's female we don't have to worry about her don't worry about it it's a woman that's she has no power that's a chick whatever but yeah she, just the way she was handling the unicorn's horn the way she was doing all the magic i was like you are giving me winifred right now and i'm living for all of it i love it all but blix looked great i love the makeup of blix so good yeah you're right i mean that the sass of that particular goblin every scene with the horn like rob is saying just arms out uh flailing this unicorn's horn that they cut off all around and that particular scene as well the makeup when the corpse comes to life and grabs the lackey the i thought it sounded cute whatever this little goblin was that you don't <laughs> see and then he just the corpse throws himself off the cliff with this thing i was like that's a great death scene please it was only a joke i didn't mean it no no have you no sense of humor adios amigo wow the makeup, the corpse looked like literally like a mummy that came from the ground yeah. awake. The other thing that I noticed too uh, was our, our two dwarfs, like Hobbit characters. And I was like, screwball, you're looking a little familiar. Yeah. And the voice was definitely like, what are you triggering? And so I looked him up. Oh my God. I was like, you're giving me Masters of the Universe. Yeah. I need to I need to settle this and see if I was correct. And what do you know? It's the exact same gentleman who played yeah. Gildor. And the voice, it's yeah. like, no, I mean, I guess it's his normal voice, but there was no change at all. None. It's like literally the same exact character. You could have just... Well, maybe he was on vacation there in that world. <laughs> oh, he went from Eternia to, he got to Legend? I was, exactly. I was thinking Masters of the Universe, and then I was also giving me the never-ending story, the guy, it is my scientific speciality. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. So good. Well, that's the thing, is this is definitely heavenly inspired, right, by the never-ending story. Dark Crystal. Dark Crystal, yes, David. Dark Crystal, things like that. Just really quickly, I do have a question, because while watching this, I did love it. 
it, I think the visuals just keep you occupied. But is there something with the pacing? Is it me? Or is there something off with pacing-wise? It's kind of like, could this have been done maybe a little shorter? Shorter? Interesting. I know epics are good and you want them to stretch out as a journey. But then at some points, it's kind of like, this scene might go on a little too long. And then you're not even showing, let's say, Tim Curry in this form when I thought, I remembered, I thought he was a bigger part of this movie, but he's not. They could cut out some of that wind. <laughs> I digress. I felt like once they, once she was captured and once they entered that domain, I felt like sometimes it was jumbled. They were bouncing from her. Like it didn't, I didn't feel like it was, I feel like it was just kind of like a little zigzag sometimes back and forth. And then Una, Ona, whatever, her, Yoko Ona, whatever her name was watching her run through the <laughs> thing. Una, Una, and then, this, oh, yeah, and then Una. they were in the pie. Then they were here, but it, it like seemed a little chaotic to me. That might be what it was. Like editing was a little chaotic. Can we talk about the fairy too. Una? Yeah. Anyway, Una will guide the way. Follow me, Jack. Over here. Come on. I have something about Una as well, but <laughs> she was so thirst. Uh, okay. <laughs> she was so thirst. Oh, so here's the thing about the pacing. I'm, I'm surprised that you thought it should be even shorter because this movie actually went through so many script changes and yeah. the story was a lot longer than what we got because most fantasy adventure movies have character arcs. They have development. They have multiple... They have multiple battles and triumphs leading to this final boss. This movie, I noticed two things. For me, it was straight to the point. There was really no sort of expansion to the world that was given. They kept it True. very, very contained. It was literally, like they said, it was a movie about good versus evil. There was no complexity whatsoever. I mean, e everything was straight to the point. It was good versus evil. They pointed it out. And I love the fact how Jack was like, yeah, um, we need to find somebody pure as heart. Somebody who has, you know, the courage. To and everybody's like, girl, you you know you are going to be the chosen one. Who else is going to do it? Who else is around? You're the one that loves it. It was just funny. Who but squats like that? Right. But it, I guess he was the only one who... I guess needed that little extra ego boost to, but like it was clear as day. You're the hero. Here's the villain. Let's go at it. But yeah, the, the movie was supposed to be longer. And in my head, I thought the movie was supposed to be longer because I expected those epic adventures and the traveling and getting from one destination to another. Like I see in all these other fantasy movies and we didn't get that. I think the director really wanted to, isolate this mm -hmm. thing and just go straight there and not worry about all of those big theatrical moments and you know you know because usually in a fantasy movie the the land of the lay of the land is usually its own character yeah like there's yes. always something going on whether it's like quicksand or you know trees throwing apples at people like there's always going to be something 
that you know where the land is its own but i was very very surprised and i will agree with you on this tim curry's darkness should have been in this a whole lot more i can't believe we waited an entire hour to really get the big thing and we only got him for that last half hour judge me not so harshly mistress i invite you to share this supper look how sweet it is Then he gets killed. Well, he didn't die. Remember, darkness never dies. That's true. He was, he was banished, you know, because, you know, big old daddy saved him. He was like, I'm getting my daddy's lawyers. They are coming for your ass. I'm going to get bailed out of jail immediately. Don't. I'm not even worried about it. Not even worried about it. He oh went out God. to play. Coming for you, Lily. Coming <laughs> for you. I said, hey, daddy, when you're going to stop playing, I can tell you got big horn energy. <laughs> Well, he just ram that horn into Jack into the wall. Why was he so enamored with her other than she was pure? Because I don't think that she was pure. That's what I'm saying. Well, She's the the only girl that visits the forest. They don't know of anyone else that lives out there. You name me one other woman who's brave enough to go into the woods. That witch. That witch, I guess. That was the only only one. You know, honestly, evil loves corrupting the purest. They they just love it. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. He probably doesn't give two shits about her, but it's the fact, like, if I can get you to be evil, like, I know I've done my job right. Like, But, like, were you saying, is she so, because to me, someone innocent wouldn't have pulled that trick. Okay, Jack told me not to touch the unicorns. I'm so blessed by Well, that's the other thing, too, is, and (laughs) I get, I get reminded of this all the time, and this is why I don't have kids, so, David, you tell me if I'm wrong or not, but innocence doesn't necessarily mean perfection or good-mannered. Honestly, just the imagination and just so much full of life and curiosity, that's where their innocence comes in, and so I think just through her trial and error is how her innocence is because she just has so much wonder it's the fact that she doesn't let rules define her she wants to touch the unicorn because she just finds them fascinating so that's how i would categorize innocence you tell me if i'm wrong no i agree with you it's it's about intent when a child does something they're not supposed to do and they break something their intent was never to break it they just want to feel it and children are for example are very touch touch and visual you know they Mm want to do that so but but yeah this but me and you ryan i'm like girl like if you're supposed to be this innocent child you ain't supposed to be doing all this bad shit like i i'm with you i i understand where i make my (laughs) mistakes but at the same time i'm like you i'm like this kid's supposed to be good if you're innocent you know (laughs) she literally danced to the dark side oh Oh, oh, I love this. I love that scene so much. Okay. Oh my god, it actually, as a kid, it spooked me out a little bit, and it still spooks me right now. Because it's this, this seduction. Scary and seductive. That could have been any representation of darkness to pull her in, and I just love yes. the fact that it was just this blank canvas of temptation yes. that she yes. took the form of. And she was like... I'm only going 80%. You are going to do the last 20. You know the rules of kissing. Give them 80. Make sure they come in for the last 20%. I was like, I'm just going to, you know, glide, give you, you know, just what it's like. But you're going to have to finish it up. And I just love their intertwine where it was just like, bam. And then she becomes this blank canvas. And I thought that was such a very poetic, beautiful touch. And it's very reminiscent of Labyrinth when she was tempted mm-hmm. with dancing and the better life too. Uh, love that scene. Love that scene. It's something I would never notice as a kid. And no. oh, she was giving me cape. She was giving me so much cape. I love that cowl. Oh my God, I would wear that in a heartbeat. 
that cowl was everything. It was just so high and it was so straight. It didn't drape or anything. No. Like, it was so cool. Loved it. Loved it. I, I think it was amazing. I Like I said, the dancer scared me for whatever reason when I was a kid and still had something. I said she transformed from like the sweet renaissance fair girl looking thing to this really like dark gothic Alice in Wonderland costume. That's what I felt like from it. Like, but did you notice he gave her that jewelry too as well? She's definitely tempted by shiny things. Let's yeah. Like, yes. Ooh, shiny things, shiny things. We got to talk but about But it's funny Luna. though, she gave into oh, the seduction, oh, no. but she was still able to retain this whole like I I'm, I'm not I can't mess with you. Defiant to him, defiant to him just like a child would be. Is that what it is? Because I'm like, yes, I, I like being evil. And me giving into my dark side also says that I am nobody's, you know, trophy or, or slave or whatever. Like when she said to him, she said to him, oh, just sit here. And she goes, I will never do anything to please you. She's like, yeah, I'll just stand. And she, he was like, silence. I was like, oh, <laughs> he loved it. Because he was like, okay, you are annoying me right now. But he's like, okay, let me keep my cool. I, I just lost it for a second. Don't, don't make me raise hands on this beer. <laughs> All I wish is for you to sit and talk with me. Sit? Here? Yes. Please. I prefer to stand. Silence! Or stand as you wish. It is enough. That we are alone together. Just the two of us. Some uh, simple conversation. I have nothing to talk about. You've stolen my dreams away. All things change, lady. The dreams of youth are the regrets of maturity. Dreams are my speciality. Through dreams, I influence mankind. My dream is of eternity with you. I offer you this rose, princess. My heart, my soul, my love. Love? Man, she was, she looked for any reason to just go against what he was saying. She was so horrified when she came to that scream she kind of did. She was just like, nah, like this made everything even worse for me. No, but David, what was your thing about Una? I I got got two more things and then we you can say whatever you want. Una, Una. Now, she's a horny fairy and she wants some (laughs) of Jack's D. And why do I, every time I look at her, I think of Robin. I'm in the corner. Why she did look like Robin. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving it my all. But she I'm not the girl you're like taking home. Promise. Promise. I could 
love makes anything possible. Is she was some horny? Th I don't get it. And then the hissing. Why didn't you tell me you could turn into a larger thing? <laughs> the hiss hissy fit oh. from the other queen. So that's what I wrote about her. I she just wanted that D so bad that she was going to transform into his heart's desire. Now you tell oh, me. Oh my goodness! I love that they have time for all of this too. It's like the world is about to end, and you guys want to be playing these games. But still, here's, right? Here's the thing, though. It really makes me very curious. I I doubt that anybody's ever thought of this, but I always have to analyze everything. You wonder what a fairy's life is like because if you think of any other fairy tinkleberry had the same thing she was all up for peter he would never give it up and she was just totally jealous of any woman around him it's right. like they are deprived of any kind of full happiness when it comes to love like their main goal is just to be servant to whoever their sort of like charge is I don't know what it is, like but they're not, they're, they're not taken seriously, too. Like, it's just like you're just a fairy. What is the, the fairy's name from Zelda? Like, I. Navi, yeah, Navi. Navi. I feel Navi is the same way, like in the animated cartoon. Like, there's just always something about fairies. Oh, like, yeah, she was she was after Link. Yeah. To, to get with him in the cartoon. Yeah, that's so. <laughs> they are always, like, their sole purpose is to never fulfill their own dreams. It's to somebody else's. Uh, could Tinkerbell get large? Could she go, to, like, Una turned into, like, a. a at least a somewhat sized person he could that name i love Una. i mean love and the other thing is he, he's he's i'm gonna go back to when the devil his father is telling telling tim curry the darkness yeah darkness, i'm darkness. gonna say the antichrist he's like woo her mm -hmm. seducer. and i'm like buy her a louis vuitton bag with a matching wallet <laughs> no kylie jenner cosmetics but what was she seduced by i'm sorry he's like we're gonna be married and i'm thinking do you want what kind of thing that man is packing <laughs> like does he just want her for company to talk to her because like let's just talk let's just talk <laughs> well, a nice conversation i mean i i this could be another conversation but i think it also comes down to either how fairy tales were depicting women in those times or even mm -hmm. scott's and the writer's point of view on what it is that women want and how easy it is for them to just do whatever we want as long as we give them the it's money. It's very superficial, and, and though. It's very superficial. It is very superficial. Well, when you change yourself into a, an attractive man that's her size, that doesn't have horns, and seduce her that way, <laughs> turn yourself into Jack. Jack 2.0. Like, and be like, I can have all this. Oh, look. Oh, don't worry, honey. We'll paint the walls white in that room for you so it doesn't look so dark. What? I mean, really. I'm sorry, though, but, like, if I did have to choose, like, Zaddy all day, like, Tim Curry was I gotta be honest with everything. You, I the same way. There was something sexy he about him. He was that look. It's it's the smirk. It's the accent. It's the I think smile. It's the voice, right? Yeah. The like he was so confident in his game. It was insane. But honestly, it was the stature. It was like his poetic way of speaking. Like, but there was just moments where he would just cackle, and I'm just like, take everything. I I don't care. I just was like, he. he was I'm, I'm giving... gonna say he was. I'm gonna say he was definitely <laughs> sexy. Sexy. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I would have transformed myself into something that she could kind of grasp, so to speak. Because think about it. Okay, so he's going to end. Like, let's say they got the they have the last unicorn and they, and they kill it. I think I'd want to be the bride of Satan than to be out <laughs> in the in the in the frozen forest getting killed by orcs or whatever. We're in the hood. You want to wear that triangle cow? Like, I'd be like Illuminati. Yes, yes, whatever you say. <laughs> 
terrible. You're terrible. You're both seduced by darkness. The way he charged at Jack didn't even flinch on any arrows hitting him. Tim Curry's voice alone is very sexy. He could have got it. It was, man, the way that he, oh, I expected him. There was one part, I don't know if you guys noticed this, there was one part where he's kind of like leaned in on the table and he was like, so, what's a girl like you doing in a place? Like, it just seemed like he was trying to have this casual, like, so what's up, girl? Like, that's Tim Curry to me. See, like that, I could be like, oh, it's Tim Curry, and he wants to talk like gossip with me at the table with his long fingernails. That's what I think I would be seduced by the Tim Curry charm. But I wouldn't want to be all in that. No. Yeah, there there was a little bit of like Rocky Horror in that performance. Rocky Horror, yes. Some of that Frankenfurter was coming out, and I just, I just liked. I just think he did. So so good in this movie but i mean he did look great he really did did you get wishmaster i got wishmaster too maybe the teeth you're thinking of the mouth even the horns like the way the the head is formed well yeah it's like a wishmaster thing but early silent hill pyramid head because there is a creature in this that looks to me like a pyramid head from silent hill yeah, yeah. Could it have been? And then the other thing was, there was three. Did you see this, Rob? The three alternate endings to this movie. I did. I did. Which was also something about your thing about the pacing, because this movie definitely could have gone a different direction. David, did you hear about this? No, I didn't. The European version ends with Jack and Lily running off into the sunset, okay, with Darkness's final appearance. In the American theatrical version, Jack and Lily assure each other of their love and watch the unicorns reunite, and then they run off into the sunset together, hailed by the forest fairies and the unicorns. Darkness watches from the void, laughing. And then in the director's cut, Lily wakes up Jack, trying to convince her that she was merely dreaming, but she ultimately is unconvinced. They confess their true love to each other, but realize they live in two different lifestyles. Oh, lifestyles. Mm-hmm. This isn't even worlds. This is lifestyles. Yeah. Like, you cannot supply me with my... Which causes Lily to request continuing their platonic relationship. Jack, happy with this request for the first time, accepts. And goes out with Una, because she's a short thing. Una? Mm. Lily returns to her home to assume her responsibilities, promising to visit him again. Jack happily runs off into the sunset, hailed by the forest fairies and the revived unicorns. Okay. I actually like the original director's cut ending. There's so many things that I could pick from this particular ending. And it's also just having an understanding that they want different things in life we don't really get to know jack's story but i feel that he like the the forest calls to him and i think just him being out not necessarily doing all these adventures but just being very carefree is the life that he should have now and to be you know turned into this like debonair like prince and have to do all of that royalty like like i just don't see that for him and i also think like we can assume they were all happily ever after going into the sunset but it's like you got to deal with the parents you got to deal with bills you got to deal with we never saw her i would like i just say satan (laughs) y'all ass was frozen i had to do all the legwork you better do Uh, the males yeah, right. I got the unicorn horn. No, I, I think this was very a test, like, what it would be like if our worlds collided and if we, you know, got together. Like, do we have the same path? Do we have the same, you know, 
things that we we strive for in life and all of this stuff. And this is a testament to like, we don't belong in the same world. And I think for the greater good of the forest and the world and not bringing darkness back, maybe we should just leave the temptation out of it for a couple more years. How about just put an uptown girl from Billy <laughs> Joe and call it a day? They'll be fine. Well, as long as she's not singing and touching unicorns. Where is I the think. ending? Where is the ending where she stays with the devil for the money? Thank God. <laughs> right? Or, or Jack joins them, you know, in a in a throuple because, you know, he's got nothing better to do and the forest is frozen already. Speaking of Jack, what would you have thought of either Johnny Depp, Jim Carrey, and Robert Downey Jr. in the role of Jack? Also, Richard O'Brien, speaking of Rocky Horror Picture Show, was to play Meg Mucklebones. Oh my god, we haven't even talked about the brilliance of Meg. Meg was the scariest thing I... Man... So cool, so cool. But to answer your question, I if I had to pick one alternative, it would be um, Johnny Depp. I am totally cool with Downey Jr., but I've seen him when he's younger. I, it's not working for me. I think he's glowed up so much. Let's mm-hmm. keep him there. And just also everything that I know now about these actors, I feel they made the best choice. Honestly, Jim Carrey, I never in a million years. He could do it though. I think that oh, he could seriously? do it. I would have yeah. preferred him as yeah. I would have preferred him as Gump, but that's again based on what I know of him now. <laughs> but I honestly think him being that young, I think that he is a versatile actor who could have pulled off an action movie such as this. But do you remember him in like Once Bitten? Exactly. Would you be okay with that being him being the heroine of the story? <laughs> Again, it's the versatility. I feel that he has character wise. Yes, I think Tom Cruise just gave face and the long yes. hair. And that's really what it is. I mean, Jim Carrey can do. That's what's so interesting about comics. They can go to the darkest, most evil places. And yes, they characters. can. Exactly. Like, even with, like, Monique in Precious. Like, you would have never thought, listen, oh, yeah, watching was... her comedy, that she could pull that off. Because that was, like, a scary... So you could never imagine Mariah going there. And she I went know. there. And without makeup, too. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was I and she had a mustache. How? Like, like she really allowed herself <laughs> to go there. Yeah. The budget was $24.5 million, but the box office was 23.5 million so they just almost recovered but didn't make any more so i mean it's a cult classic now but honestly this isn't one of those movies that are like when you think of i mean yeah i mean maybe we do of our generation but this is not a movie that's i think this is one of those movies that's an unspoken gem to everyone regardless of the reception people know who this know what this movie is they know tim curry's darkness it gets mocked on like family guy and all these other things they get parried (laughs) right you know this will always be known as tom cruise's like first ever film you know playing the lead and you know i look at mia sarah i'm sorry i don't think of anything else but this princess it, it's but it's just unspoken i think there's just this underground love where you we all have that one friend where we don't have to see for 20 years and then we get together and it's like we live next door i think that's what legend is like to be a cult classic i don't know if you need to be spoken about all the time but i True. I will say though that this movie should be spoken about more because this Definitely. to me is one of the most authentic fantasy films that I've ever seen. That isn't like flushed with Hollywood attached to it, you know, big stars. Like this movie accomplished so much with so many unknowns and just the music 
alone would have turned this movie into something different. If it wasn't for the music, I think the music is so important in this film. Beautiful, It's so beautiful. And then just the set pieces and that amazing, amazing makeup. You know, I, I feel bad for some of these artists who had to work on them because some of these things you couldn't see because of how dark it was. But that was the whole true. Actually, that's a great point to make it as authentic as possible. Like you had to really like I, I just I'm so impressed with how much detail was put into this film versus the rest of like all the fantasy stuff that we've seen and so i give this movie so so much praise but you're right i wish that people would talk about this more and and just be on everybody's mind it's just the other ones are just fun they're more for kids they're not as scary and this one is just heavy it's just very heavy yeah, this is not a child, I don't think, would, like, David originally was thinking, like, he hadn't remembered, like, a lot of it, you know, because it's been forever. And he's like, should I have this, watch this with my kids? But then he ultimately decided not to. So I was glad, too, because when we got to darkness and that whole thing, I was like, oh, my God, the kids would have been freaked out by this. Just the beginning with, like, the neon green eyes of, mm-hmm. like, dark, like, all of that was enough. I mean, obviously, that looked like, you know, like, they put a black screen a black exactly. light with some nails but just that alone was enough for me like i was i was in it i was in it and i love the idea of the theme about like everyone has evil inside them it reminded me so much of um vampire in brooklyn when eddie gave that speech as the preacher he was mm-hmm. like evil is good that's kind of what this theme is like you have to have evil if you want this much good yes and there's is that and that's that whole thing that always comes up you can't have light without dark yeah the yin and the yang. Mm-hmm. Well, tr- I mean, in even in essence, you can't have you have to have shadow with light. There's no there's no way around that. I mean, David, do you have any final thoughts too? About- no, I actually think it's really cool, and and I I think Rob said it best. It's like uh, like a friend that you've maybe lost touch with, but as soon as you get back together, it's like nothing ever changed. I think it's a great <laughs> movie, and I think it is definitely off the beaten path when it comes to the way you know the the characters and the, like it's a little bit of everything, but not quite because there's definitely some I don't know. It's not. It, it I wouldn't even say that it's whimsical because I feel like that would be putting it down it's it's something i can't put my finger it's on unique, it's actually, honestly it's different it, it's it's got that darkness it has that almost heaviness like you know we talked about the last unicorn that kind of heaviness so it's very yes. realistic there is that power struggle good versus evil and making decisions and i do believe very home home wholeheartedly about that adam, adam and eve sort of mm-hmm. concept yeah which coming from a religious background when we were kids definitely like like wow this is another concept of how it is and how it could be and temptation yeah for a hundredth episode i think something a movie like legend really does showcase this show right like again we'll bring up rob's analogy about the friend thing we do movies and shows on this show that are not quote-unquote mainstream a lot of times right but then you get a movie like this and it's familiar and it's a little different and i think it's very radical that we would have done something like this yes it's kicking off our summer and everything's like that but i like that we're able to hopefully call attention to maybe forgotten movies like even just when we went through the movies in the beginning even blank man like there's movies that we did and i'm just like well you don't really hear about these movies and i wish people would talk about them more so i would say the hundredth episodes i hope in the upcoming hundred that we of course hit main 
things that people want to hear, but continue to highlight forgotten and maybe underrated movies. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Ryan. I mean, this is one of the reasons why I'm on this podcast is because you've chosen to go in this direction that not necessarily is the same as everybody else, because we could have just been one of those podcasts, right? But you see sort of the same vision as me is is touching on these underground movies that not one people are ashamed of liking. But, it, you know, again, you know my motto. It's all about that guilty pleasure thing. Like, I don't want people to be embarrassed or or ashamed to like a movie like this or you know blank or you know just stuff like that so i think if there's a voice out there to really just kind of showcase some of those movies that as a kid you really liked but didn't want to admit like we'll do it for you and hopefully you enjoy remembering that you also liked it too and if you thought about it it was all it was actually a good feeling so i like that you are are cool with touching on these films that may not be as popular to grab listeners but you're still voicing your taste and i that's why i'm on here if we went in a different direction i would have been like i could be on any podcast and do that i'm on here because we're doing something different so i appreciate that and i hope to continue that route in our next 100 david i know you feel the same way about these movies these forgotten gems and these these movies that we've done over the last hundred and beyond i'll leave on the last note for me to say is just just kind of in the same what you both just talked about and said the people that i talk to that are friends or acquaintances or people that you know that know about the podcast that say these people really either like either discovering the movies that we're talking about or actually really really love them and that's the funny part like it's you say you know they we use the the term cults film and things like that but there are people that are like oh my god or like like you would even talking earlier family matters that's that shaped so many people's lives as kids including ours and it's like people definitely Definitely can relate and even some of these offbeat movies there are people that are like oh my god i haven't seen that movie and i remember watching it every single day on a vhs tape until it wore out when i was a kid so to me that's we're reaching people and that to me is something that again is important and i agree with rob as far as maybe they're not the most mainstream but we also do mainstream movies so it's it's you know it's yeah. love yeah, yeah. it's all love mm-hmm. oh my goodness so thank you so much for everyone we have connected with over the last few years the last hundred episodes thank you for listening sending in your questions your comments keeping this show active because you're there i mean we see your your numbers whoever you are and if this actually if you're listening to this and you have yet to reach out to us please do we will be so enthusiastic you have no idea we have food and supplies yeah (laughs) go to our terminus arcania whatever that the alternative what's the cure the cure is now yeah if we have to do that (laughs) as always i always say where can the lovely people find you rob currently i am full-time here on radical retro rewind we are working on expanding the podcast into uh, different things keeping it wholesome but then also just grabbing onto other genres that we haven't touched yet so that is being worked on and hopefully will come out before the year's 
Avengers End. But otherwise, you can see uh, my movie watching journey on Instagram under Rob the Movie Geek as I'm reviewing every single film that I watch, whether it's a rewatch or first watch all of 2023. Should I go beyond that? We will see. But yeah, watch or look out for that on Instagram, Rob the Movie Geek, or you can look up the Unique Geek. I think it comes up on both. And that's what I'm doing these days. The link will be, of course, in the description box below. You can always reach David at Universal Appeal. 2020 one word on instagram you can also meet me walking my children going to the elementary school (laughs) well i mean that would be i would love i would love that if someone came up to you and like are you are you that are you (laughs) the brother and the radical retro rewind podcast one word on instagram tiktok youtube twitter everywhere happy 100 we'll see you next week as we kick off the summer of sword and sorcery goodbye can i come tomorrow of course i'll be here I'll always be here for you, Lily. Will you sing for me? Come down, sparrow. Sing me good morning. Rise up, sun. Light the arch of the sky. Living river. Turn light to diamonds. When I look in my true